The Gift of Struggle with Bobby Herrera. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hello, Rory. Hey, Paul. It is great to be here. Thanks for having me, my friend. Well, I'm glad you're here. You have been on a great run of this series of interviews you've been doing with other mm-hmm. coaches from not only the U.S., but from around the world. And it sounds like mm-hmm. Bobby Herrera is going to be another good one. Uh, he's an excellent interview. I love it. He wrote the book, The Gift of Struggle. I highly recommend it. If you're, you want to be able to ask your folks better questions, every chapter that he has is a story about a real-life struggle that he he experienced in life and the leadership lessons he learned from it. And then at the end of the, each of the chapters, he has some questions that are just outstanding mm. and I couldn't recommend it more. He was just a great, great interview. So it'll be a real delight for folks to be able to listen to Bobby today. Excellent. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Here is Rory's conversation with Bobby Herrera, the author of The Gift of Struggle. Today on Coaching for Potential, we have Bobby Herrera, CEO of Populous Group. He's written the book and I love it, The Gift of Struggle. Life-changing lessons about leading. So, Bobby Herrera, welcome to Coaching for Potential. Hail the underdogs, Rory. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, my friend. I actually grabbed the book last year. I was speaking on a cruise and I was in the airport. The title just absolutely grabbed me. I love the idea of the gift of struggle. I read the whole book on the way there and on the way back, and it was just absolutely terrific. And I've actually picked it up again to read it a couple of times since, just get nuggets out of it. And it's just so much great information. Why did you write this book? Well, thank you for the kind words, first and foremost. Yeah, I'm a storyteller, Rory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through that journey, you know, speaking to entrepreneurs, veterans, kids like myself from the wrong side of the opportunity divide, that's wonderful encouragement from people that had heard me speak and tell the stories that I share in the book. Uh, you know, it wasn't on my list. And mm-hmm. after enough nudges and kind words of encouragement, I finally sat down to do it. And my goal was simple. Like I said, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to write the book. I wish someone would have written for me. Mm-hmm. And it uh, launched last year. And I'm grateful that it's helped leaders across the world. Uh, have sent me some kind words on how it's helped them simplify their journey, take control of their story. And you know, it's all about paying forward those wonderful lessons. Absolutely. I want to ask you, this is a question I ask coaches. One of the things that propelled me to your book was the, just the whole host of just great questions you have in it. And so when you're working with an employee and you're helping guide them and things like that, what are some of your favorite coaching questions to help help them along that path? Yeah, great question. I have a very simple philosophical approach, Rory, and I call it, I'm going to give them the pen. So mm. I physically envision myself handing them the pen or the mark. You know, I want to first start with that sense of belief that they have in their own gifts. I'll ask them a very simple question at times as I'm getting to know their story. It's like, you know, hey, what are your gifts? Like, what are the things that give you energy, give you that sense of confidence to be your best? And I'll start there. That helps me really build on the story that they want to create, they want to narrate. And my responsibility is to help them bring that to life. So if I had to pick one starting point, that's always a good one for me. Yeah, I love that. What gives you energy? What puts you at your best? I think that's just a great question. And I I love that. I loved later in the book, I'm going to jump ahead. I Rather than to get more out of your folks, I won't steal your thoughts. I'll let you probably know exactly the quote I'm talking about. So your quote about, I'm not interested in getting more out of them. Finish that for me. And I just love that concept. I just think it's such a great leadership and coaching model and a coaching process. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, I just believe it. My core that 
as a leader, you have to want more for your people than from them. Mm. Uh, a simple reminder that I use for that is, you know, the give greater than take, you know, it's how I sign off my letters, my emails, and it's a signal to myself to, you know, keep giving more than I take. And I believe genuinely when you approach your coaching and or your development with those that you're responsible for with that type of mindset, it ends up coming back to you several fold. If you want more for them than from them, they'll feel that and in turn, do the same for you. I had a coach tell me, he says, the term coach means that you're on their side. Amen. You know, that you're their cheerleader and coaching, you don't want to be just cheerleader and rah-rah, but you certainly want to be on their side. And people's perspective changes completely when they know you're on their side. Just like our mothers, our moms told us things that we didn't want to hear as a child, <laughs> but we knew that we took it because they, she was saying it out of a sense of love. And that's what I'm hearing from your leadership perspective is, You've got to come from a sense of love and care for them. And that's how you help lead them in a positive way. Uh, correct. You know, mom is most trusted leader in the world for a reason. You know, there's, there's two sides of it, right? Roy, there's that high level of involvement and that high level of demandedness. So it's an end. And part of wanting more for someone is not only being more involved, making them feel like you're on their side, you understand where they're coming from, what they want, their gifts, their dreams. Also, those encouraging, challenging, demanding nods that you can do better. I know you can. Do that again. Yeah, absolutely. Coaching, we teach three concepts. Build awareness. Where are they at? Build a sense of responsibility. They've got to do this. And number three, build their self-belief. One of my favorite coaches said, you know, leave them inspired, invigorated, recharged. You don't want to leave them after you do a session with them that they feel beaten down or they feel worse about themselves. That I, you know, yes, did does this work the way we wanted to? No, it didn't. I believe in you. I know you can be better. By making these changes, you're going to be a rock star. That changes the whole environment process. I love on the first part of the book, you've got three questions. I'm going to read those questions to you and then ask you this one. I love these questions. So do the people know your story that drives you? And, and obviously you've told your story in the book and I'm going to have you tell the bus story in a second. And then the other one you said, how is the story embedded in everything that you do? And then how are you encouraging your people to share their most important story? And so I wanted to ask you that. That's a great one there. How are you helping your people share their most important story? I just think that's such a great concept and such a great idea. You know, a while ago, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, handing them the pen. You know, I believe that people, you know, at our core, we share two basic desires to stand out and to fit in. As a coach, the way we encourage people to uh, share their story and the steps that we proactively and intentionally take, I mean, that helps fuel both of those desires. Mm. And people want to be heard. They want to know that they matter and that they've been seen. And that stems from essence and the heart of, of the bus story. And I love the bus story. And this would be a great time to share it because <laughs> it brought tears to my eyes when I read it. And so it's a great story. Please share. Well, when my brother and I, I was 17, we were on a return trip home from a basketball game. And along the way, we stopped for dinner. Everybody unloaded off the bus, mm -hmm. except for my brother, Ed and I. Well, a few moments after the team unloaded, one of the dads to the other player steps on board the bus. And as he's walking towards the back, he teased me a little bit because Ed had outscored me that night. And then he said something to me that I will always remember. Bobby, it would make me very happy if you would allow me to buy you boys dinner so that you can join the rest of the team. Nobody else has to know. All you have to do to thank me is do the same thing for another great kid just like you. Mm. 
And I mean, to this day, it's hard for me to explain that feeling and that wave of gratitude that I had come over me at that moment. And I remember stepping off the bus that evening. And although I had no idea what I was going to do outside of the desire I had to join the army and raise my hand a year later, which I eventually did, I was clueless. All I knew is that I wanted my future to look different than my past. Mm -hmm. And even though I didn't know what I was going to do, Rory, after that moment, I knew why. Mm. You know, I'd somehow, some way, figure out a way to create something that would allow me to be a part of something that would pay forward that kind act to other kids like me who were born on the wrong side of the opportunity divide. It just, you know, it just changed my lens on how I viewed you know, what I call now, you know, my ability to check the ultimate box, and that is, will my story matter? Because you know, up to that point, I didn't really have a whole lot of comfort and security that it ever would. Mm. I just love the way he asked it, though. He said, you know, uh, say it again for me, because you just said it so well. When he added the second part, it was like, how can you turn that down, you know? But just <laughs> say it again. I mean, that's just such a great, uh, great moment and just a, a turning point in your life. It, it was. Yeah, he said, you know, you know, Bobby, it would make me very happy if you would allow me to buy you boys dinner so that you can join the rest of the team. Nobody else has to know. All you have to do to thank me is do the same thing for another great kid, just like you in the future. Mm. So, you know, Roy said another way, he handed me the pen. He gave me control. Mm. He made it my choice. And that was a, such a sense of humility and wisdom in how he did it. And it's also sent me a powerful signal that he wanted more for me than, than from me. And yeah, I, I recall vividly that moment before I, knew what I was doing. I was shaking my head yes and standing up to accept his, his gracious offer. And it just changed the trajectory for me. And you know, 15 years later, when I finally started my company, it was raging like an inferno inside of me. And it, you know, that moment gave me identity, gave me purpose. And one thing I think is really interesting is uh, the backstory to that gentleman. You know, he was a very successful businessman in the community. And the narrative that I told was that people like him, they don't see kids like me. Mm -hmm. And with one kind act, Rory, not only did he teach me that I was wrong, but he taught me that the single most important part of leadership is seeing and encouraging potential. Mm -hmm. That was the first time in my life that I felt seen. Yeah, and it's a great story. And, and I love how you said that leadership is helping uh, promote people's potential because that's the title of the podcast, my friend, Coaching for Potential. So <laughs> there we go. I, I love how you did that. I love this question you also have in your book. You just got great questions here. And I just, if people just grab the book for the questions, it is worth it. But I love how you asked the questions in the middle part of the book. How did I set up a new leader to succeed? And how did I start their leadership journey? And so how do you help leaders start them out to succeed? And how do you help them out with their early journey? Uh, well, a little bit of context there, Rory. I, like, there's not enough time in, in the session that we're scheduled here together to sure. share the countless mistakes that got me there. Do you know, my philosophy is pretty simple and straightforward. You know, you start right, you end right. Lessons I learned in the military, uh, the power of debriefs and really leaning into that. However, after countless mistakes and starting leaders off, the wrong way, throwing them in with no context, no purpose, really not understanding why. You name the mistake, I made it. Finally, when I had the rigor to slow down and look at it through the lens of, you know, hey, what are some of those things that I wish I would have known 
and someone would have done for me, how much of the why can I build into their start of their leadership journey? And the more that I can give them context and why and foundation, and the deeper we dig there, the higher we can build Mm. what we're trying to do for them, right? Because I use that metaphor a lot. For me, that start right in right is all about, okay, let's dig deep so that we can build high. And I'll invest countless and the necessary steps in the beginning so that we don't suffer structurally as we build on their leadership journey. And it took me a while to get there. And you know better than most, Rory, it's it's a journey. It's an evolution. You can never stop digging as you're building, right? That's right. But I love that. You you want the best for them. You want to see the best out of them. And and the more that you can help them grow, then obviously all the boats rise. When the ocean rises, all the boats go with it. And that's what you want to do is help them in that regard and to improve that. Or if I may, just real quick, pardon the interruption is, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, part of that, I think part of that process of, you know, starting right in and right is it's it's for me as the coach, as you mentioned earlier is, okay, a fundamental approach of mine is, hey, don't be anything until you know who you need to be. So Mm. my role as a coach at that part of the uh, the journey is to find out who I need to be for this leader Mm. and slowing down and really digging in that foundation, giving them the pen, excavating for everything that they know gives me great awareness of what they're great at, what they're afraid of, you know, what their gifts are not. I think it's, it's part of the, uh, the, the partnership that you want to build from day one, being on their side. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To be their coach and be their cheerleader, but to want more for them. And I'm from Kansas City, so I'm a big Chiefs fan. And <laughs> it was delightful to see the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. But the thing that I got out of that, and it was pretty remarkable, is Andy Reid had created such a, a chemistry with that team that so many of his players were playing that game, not so they would win a Super Bowl. And they certainly wanted to win one. There's no question. But they they just said over and over and over again, we want Andy to have one. Here's his time and we want him to have one. And he had created such, you know, he had put them in a position where they were successful and where they could succeed. Do your people want to see you then ultimately succeed too? Because they know that you care so much about them. That's why I love to put the underdog on stage so much. Mm-hmm. Or is like, that makes my heart sing. Just put that gritty high potential underdog on stage and nothing, nothing's better for me than that. Yeah. And uh, I love the fact you use the word gritty. It's my favorite word, grit. So I love the, the question you talk about embedding expectations in your organization, your leadership mindset. Give us some context on that. Expand upon that because it's just a great idea that you have in the book. Uh, well, my leadership philosophy is relatively straightforward. Simple always wins, right, Rory? Uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, we all struggle. Every struggle teaches us something. That's the gift and leadership is sharing those gifts. And, uh, you know, as I've zoomed out, really gone through the deck, deep excavation of you know, the, the struggles and what they've taught me, you know, building that sense of, you know, philosophy and approach in my organization has allowed me to encourage my leaders to be human. Mm. At the end of the day, that's how we build trust. When we have that mutual empathy and trust and person that you're trying to coach recognizes that person that's teaching me, they get it. They know exactly how I'm feeling, why I'm so afraid. And building a philosophical approach around that has been uh, very rewarding for me. But, you know, like Mm -hmm. I said earlier, it's a journey. We're continuing to build on it. And it's all centered around that leadership philosophy that I've built over time studying, you know, what gifts my struggles have given me over life. Uh, I love it. And that's going to bring me into another question because you've got a great question here on page 76. What is the best thought leader that teaches you what you need to learn? Who are one or two or three of your favorite thought leaders and what's one or two or three of your favorite leadership books? Great question. Um, 
You know, fundamentally, Rory, when, as I've, you know, been on my leadership climb, I've always asked myself two very simple questions. Number one is what do I fundamentally want and need to get better at right now that's best going to serve the story that I'm narrating? That's number one. And whatever that has guided me to, I then have asked, okay, who out there is one of the best at it that I could really connect with and dive into and study and learn from? As you could say, professor of leadership that I've learned from. I'm a fierce student of Patrick Lencioni's work. Love Patrick. Yeah, you know, I've been a student of Patrick's for quite some time. I fiercely applied his work. Grateful and fortunate that you know, over time I've built a very good friendship with with Patrick. And you know, I've fiercely applied his work over time. And most of his fables sit on what I call my bi- my Bible row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those are those, you know, <laughs> repetitions of mother of skill, right? And I frequently pull Pat's fables. They're covered with my notes. And, you know, I talk about that in the uh, Dr. Joe chapter, you know, always be a student, chapter seven, that lesson, my approach to applying those lessons and refreshing. But Patrick's my probably my standout. He's guided me. He's, he's been my best Sherpa thus far. Love it. So what's your favorite uh, one or two books out of his that you like? Easy. His, his last one, The Motive, mm-hmm. it's his shortest book. Right. Man, it packs a punch. And I think it gets to the heart of, of the big question that leaders need to ask is like, oh, why should you lead? He has a wonderful story behind it and some uh, a great thought-provoking message. So you know, highly recommend that. And the other one I believe is a good compilation of his best work. It's hard for me to put anything but the advantage uh, at number, t- that, you know, number two. It's a good photo finish to the motive for his work. Ah, very good. Yeah, the motive is is excellent, and yeah, you just said it is his new one. The advantage is excellent, but he's just written. I love the book, not because I don't think it's his best. I I like the, I love the motive too, but just death by meetings is just so realistic. I mean, <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's a good one, no doubt. And it's just it's just got such a great title to it. You talked about it a little bit earlier in the podcast, but we didn't talk on it really at great length. And I want to talk about it in greater length now. As a leader, you need to discover their why. And you know, tell me why you need to discover their why. How you know what are your? Do you have a success story of some? You found somebody's why because you dug down and found it. They did this, this, and this. Do you have any stories like that to discover? You know, how do you discover their why and then a success story with it? I do. You know, Roy, one of the things that I think would be helpful is I'm going to answer that in two parts. The first part is I'm going to share probably the biggest leadership mistake I made in building uh, my organization. You know, the bus story that I shared with you all ago, I didn't share that story until year 10 of my organization's journey. Wow. And I, I share that because I was too afraid to. I mean, it was, sure. a, it was my marker story. The narrative I said is, hey, what if I fall flat on my face? No one needs to hear it. What do I do then? What you name, you name it. I, I talk my, myself out of sharing it. Mm-hmm. But once I did, I often say that it started the transformation of my company to a community. And we've been building on that, you know, that purpose-driven alignment, building something bigger than ourselves ever since. So now I'll answer the second part of it. After I did that and discovered the wonderful transformative power of sharing my why and my purpose and what gives me identity, what that did is that created a safety for whether my leaders, conversations I had with them to really understand that whatever mountain they're climbing, there's a force driving them to do that. Mm. And so my conversations with my leaders will be, hey, tell me, 
tell me about the mountain you're climbing. Like, mm. what's that place that you imagine? Tell me what that summit looks like for you. Like, take me into your wildest imaginative dreams and, you know, what it looks like. Cause you know, we're all climbing our own mountain. There's a place we imagine that looks and feels better than where we are today. And then I'll take them to, okay, tell me a story that brings to life why that's so important to you. Mm. I've found in my experience that there's usually some uh, deep driving story where perhaps they felt socially invisible like I did when I was on the bus or it's an experience, a marker moment they had earlier in their life really is, is driving them to do something, i.e. that like this is this is where, where I get my energy. I believe that exists in most people. We as a leader and a coach need to mine for it. I, I agree because once you find their why and you know it and you understand it, uh, it's so powerful. And the other thing is too, I'd love the, the fact that it took you 10 years to tell that story because you were like so many reasons not to. When you told it, I bet it just opened floodgates of compassion and empathy and understanding from the folks you told it to. Well, it did. And, you know, prior to that, I was just this insane, intense entrepreneur, you know, absence of me telling them why I wanted to build something and what I imagine they were creating their own narrative. I, I believe they genuinely felt I cared for them and that I wanted to build something. But absence of that and me sharing that story and the story that I was wanting to narrate, because when you really think about it, that's, that's all entrepreneurism really is, running a company. It, you're narrating a story. Right. And I hadn't shared that story with them. You know, as a leader, I believe my responsibility is to give them contribution. In other words, a story where they understand what I'm building and then they can make the choice whether or not they want to contribute to it. And once I did that, not only did it humanize me, but it allowed them to choose whether or not they want to be a part of it and how they could help me. And mm. we've been building on it ever since. It created a kindness, a connection, a sense of empathy, a sense of human alignment that we thought we had prior, but nothing compared to what we have now, fortunately. Uh, I love what Fred Rogers says is once you hear somebody's story, you can't help but love them. And I just you love know, that quote. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, yeah, you know, although I'm in the resume business, you know, I've ceremoniously always sat across the table from someone and I take the resume first, first interview or sit down and I'll, I'll, I'll ceremoniously sh show it to them. I'm all, I'm, I'm, I'm going to flip this over. I'm more interested in what is on the back of the resume than the front. Mm. So take me back to the beginning. That's the part that matters. That's what tells me what they believe, why they believe it, what's important to them, what they learn, when they've fallen, you know, the good stuff. You know, right. Like, that's the movie I want to watch. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, what, what's the real drive? You know, why did they go to college? Why they work the extra hours, where they're from and where they're going? I just think that's absolutely terrific. I've got one more a uh, question for you. And this is actually from uh, Richard Boyatzis. And he wrote the book, International Bestseller. I actually interviewed him this morning. Uh, he wrote International Bestseller, Primal Leadership with uh, Daniel Goldman. Then he just wrote a book, uh, Helping People Grow, which I highly recommend. And it, it would fall right in line with all of your philosophies. I, you've told the bus story. And I know that gentleman had tremendous impact on your life and really helped send a direction of it. He bought you he bought you a direction, not just dinner. But the story that Richard Boyatzis... The question he asked is, who helped you along the way? So in addition to that gentleman that day, who else has helped you to be who Bobby Herrera is today? Well, that's a long list. Most influential in my journey, uh, the man I've become today is, you know, my wife. Uh, mm. She's always, 
She's exact opposite of me, uh, peanut butter and jelly. Uh, <laughs> she's always loved me enough to tell me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. Right. Shared the kind truth with me and was always there you know, for me in the beginning. You know, undoubtedly, you know, in the early days, Rory, when I was coaching people, not, a, not long after we met, I'd have, be having conversations with her and she would just stop and give me this look and she would be like, okay, so you said what? And how? <laughs> and of course, those prefrontal lobe development days, I'd be sitting back like, well, what's wrong with that? She would just shake her head and she'd like, oh God, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I give her tremendous credit. I think the single most important question that we can ask ourselves as a leader is who am I becoming? And her guidance and encouragement has been super helpful. You know, my parents and their story and their struggles, obviously. And then, you know, talk about, I, I've given you more than, more than one, obviously, but you know, Dr. Joe, who is chapter seven of the book, he's become, he's like a second father to me. And you know, he's been like my, he's been my Dalai Lama. And I love the question that you ask is who am I becoming? And I just think that's absolutely terrific. Well done. So is there one thing I haven't asked you that other people ask you that's just a great point? Well, you know, often people ask me, hey, you know, Bobby, why'd you choose struggle? Mm. And, you know, why is transforming the way the world views struggle so important to me? And I'll often, you know, jokingly share is like, hey, we all have a PhD in struggle. You know, it's with us in the beginning. It's going to be with us in the end. Like, I just profoundly believe that you know, we must all go through struggle, pain, and suffering before we get to wisdom. Mm -hmm. We, we want to have that wisdom that we can share with others. You know, one of my corny metaphors, analogies are like the long way is a shortcut that like, you have to go through struggle to get there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why I picked, you know, the gift of struggle. It's what's always guided me. It's built my leadership philosophy. I'm very, very fortunate that at a very, very young age, I learned to reframe my story and the gift that it gave me and been building on it ever since. Absolutely. And I'm so jealous on the back of the book, you actually got a quote from Alan Malawi, uh, and I'm just a huge Alan Malawi fan. Uh, I've just asked a number of CEOs who's their favorite CEO, and they always say it's Alan. And just, and I think Patrick Alencioni will actually say Alan Malawi is probably one of his favorites too. So I just, but Bobby, he says in the back of it, uh, Bobby's story teaches us that who we are will have a significant influence on the leaders we become. And he says, "Thank you, Bobby." And I, I wholeheartedly say that it's a powerful, powerful book on leadership. And I just, it's so authentic because you just tell your story right off the bat with the bus. Then I, at that point you had me, you know, you just, you told that story and I go, this, this is real. It's authentic. I'm going to ask you a question too. I don't know. So Bobby, I know you speak and you consult. How can people get a hold of you? Yeah. Thank you for asking Roy in the kind words. Um, you know, I can be easily found on bobby-herrera.com mm -hmm. information there on my storytelling and the topics that, you know, I choose to provoke thought and help leaders take control of their own story. Uh, I share a lot of stories of struggle there and, um, you know, the work I do. And, you know, the community I've been very grateful to create is Populist Group. Mm. And, you know, the short narrative there is, you know, organizations out there that are, you know, building a, you know, they're fighting this insane war for talent that we're, they're all part of. You know, they have to manage a fast-moving, non-permanent workforce in addition to their permanent workforce. And you know, my community populist group has been very fortunate to guide many across the country to better manage that non-permanent workforce in the process, narrating a story that 
brings that bus story to life with tremendous purpose and, and trust. And we're just very, very grateful, Rory. Well, and you're going to help a lot more than just one person. He, he said, just help another young man like yourself, but you're helping tons of folks. And I just think that's inspiring. You want to, you're certainly giving back more than you're taking. So it has been truly my pleasure to have you on the program today. I love the book, The Gift of Struggle from Bobby Herrera. I highly recommend everybody get a copy of it. And Bobby, I cannot say thank you enough for your time today. Well, hell the underdogs, Rory. I'm grateful for the kind words and you're doing great work and God bless your mission. Thank you very much, my friend. Appreciate you being on the program, Coaching for Potential. Thank you all. And Bobby, glad to have you here. Thank you. That was our very own Rory <laughs> Rowland with Bobby Herrera and the author of The Gift of Struggle. Good interview, Rory. Yeah, and I just love his story that uh, he told when he was on the bus and what an impact mm-hmm. that made in his life. And also the fact that he had never told his employees that story for 10 years, a story that drove his passion, his influence, that drove his why in life. Why was he doing this? And, you know, as Simon Sinek says in his book, Start With Why, uh, Bobby Herrera wasn't sharing his why with his mm-hmm. people. And so if there's one lesson that you can take away from this podcast today is make sure you share your why, why you were doing this, why you wanted to be a manager, why you want to make an yes. impact in their life. So they get a sense of who you are. And I just think that's so incredibly important. Great interview and a lot of knowledge there. Mm -hmm. If people want even more help from you, you. (laughs) That's right. Uh, you talk to some wonderful people, but you also help us average Joes. How can people get a hold of you? Absolutely. I, I help and coach all kinds of folks all over the United States. And I actually have got clients in, in Guam and, and other places around the world. So I work with folks everywhere. And that's the great thing about Zoom and the phones, and you can just talk to anybody anywhere. But anyway, with that being said, uh, they can get a hold of me at RoryRoland.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com. Also, we've got CoachingManager.University. That's CoachingManager.University. Coaching Manager is all one word. Uh, if you go there and uh, you tell us uh, on this podcast that you actually listen to the podcast, every week I give away a free scholarship to Coaching Manager University. It's a 52 module online program that will help you improve your coaching skills tremendously and it's absolutely free so you just got to do that and give me a holler and we'll be happy to share that with you we also want to ask everyone if you could go uh rate and review us especially on apple podcast or mm-hmm. or google podcast whatever you listen to that mm-hmm. helps us uh show the impact that rory's having and ends up getting great guests like we did today with bobby you have something special you're going to do with some of those things right Absolutely. We're going to start looking at those uh, folks that actually rate us on uh, Apple or iTunes and then also on Google. And we're going to pick one out and uh, we'll give away a free scholarship to coachingmanager.university. And they can, in fact, get that free. So this all they got to do is go online, rate us, and then we're going to pick one out uh, probably uh, once a month, something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, there you go. So Two great ways to get a free scholarship. Yeah, so help us out there and also a chance to uh, learn even more about Coaching for Potential. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So great. Well, thank you very much, Rory. Thank you, Paul. Have a great one. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.